going on everybody welcome back to podcast number 91 of the swing round podcast uh, we're going to be talking about the nba coming back finally the first few games some hits and misses some players are hitting hitting the ground running some not uh, some teams hitting the ground running and some not and uh, also we're going to talk about the nba 75 list because uh, that came out a little bit before or, or on and around sort of opening night of the nba and uh, there was a few notable names let's say missed off of that list joining me as always to go for everything is louis halpin and lewis howard um so i think we should start probably with the nba 75 list um and i would say the biggest omission i've seen from that uh, there's been quite a few but I'd say the biggest one is Dwight Howard um, not being included in that personally for me. I might have completely missed someone off there that is that is bigger, but I can't really see a reason as to why Superman himself didn't make it. Well, there's a, I think there's a lot of consensus that Dwight Howard is the main one that that has been missed, and you say you can't see a reason. I think basketball wise. From the body of work that he has, you know, three times defensive player of the year, leads his team to the NBA finals, and uh, that he was a uh, rebound champion a few times as well. I just can't see how you wouldn't have him on. But when you look away from the body of work and then how maybe some people view Dwight Howard, that probably had some influence on it. You know, you see Shaq clown him all the time. People see him as a bit of a goofball, and he's because of what's happened in the latter years of his career as well, moving around a lot. I think that's what made some people probably not put him in. It's all rubbish because he, before that, definitely did enough to cement his place. And the funny thing is, is uh, I, I can't remember what. I was watching a debate about this, and I can't remember what debate it was, but someone made the point that if he had stopped his career, like fully retired after Houston or when he got an injury in Houston, he probably would have made the list. And that's what's stupid about it. Yeah, I think I have to. The reason he's not on there is because I, I think people don't like him. And I'm not sure who gets really the votes. In this scenario, I probably should have researched it if a bit further, if it's like a mix of players and, and journalists and stuff like that. But I know a lot of journalists don't really like Dwight Howard because of the couple of things you mentioned. I think there's a there's a case of like unrealized potential there, maybe. Um, mm. Because although he did have those really high peaks, like you mentioned, the defensive player of the years, um, and you see, left led his team to the NBA finals. He beat LeBron James on the way there as well. Um, mm. And everyone was thinking, oh, that'd be the Kobe LeBron LeBron year. And, you know, I, I think they did kind of trounce him in the finals, but it, it was a bit closer, I think, than people remembered anyway. Um, but he never really 
took that next step when I think he people probably thought he could have done. You know, he never really developed his offensive game very much. He was always a, mm. a pretty much like, you know, a lob threat, dunk threat. Never really developed into the post or anything like that. Um, and then you've, you've of course, got the, the Shaq. The Shaq factor, and he's yeah, been I think, playing on for years. Um, I think that's the biggest one is the fact that he was that at his best as center for the Orlando Magic. And Shaq, maybe I don't know if he took a dislike to, or well, he definitely did take a dislike to him. But that that comparison, what's always there when that was obviously unfair on Dwight because he was never going to be Shaq or anything close to Shaq. To be fair, though, he did try and take the Superman nickname yeah. from Shaq. He, he did he did kind of bring it upon himself. He does bring us a lot of stuff upon himself. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm not saying he definitely should have made this list, like 100%. Yeah. And when you think about, like, um, sort of important centres in the league, you know, over the last couple, like, 10 years, I, I can't remember if I put... We've done, like, all decade teams, and I think I might put... Mark Gasol over him as a centre, but I probably would wreck on that now and put Dwight Howard in. But I think you do, you two definitely put Dwight Howard as your best like centre of the decade. Mm. And I know that decade wasn't particularly kind to centres, and now we have Jokic and Embiid, and things are a lot different. Mm. But he was probably the most important centre for that decade. And like, I, I just think you know is he's, he's going to be a champion like, as well. Is is there like any reason why he hasn't been on it? He hasn't been on what? Oh, in the is there like I, I, obviously there's nothing official that's going to come from the NBA. Is no, like, the, the, we're saying we're saying the reason is is so you know Louis was talking about before who gets the vote on it, and it's current and former players, media members, coaches, and team executives. And what it seems with this Dwight Howard mission, it is what has happened is there's that whole you know buddy thing going on where people vote not just for what the player has done but also because they you know like them and if you don't like them you're a bit ostracized uh, and away from that group and that's probably what has happened with Dwight Howard you know what um because they had the top 50 obviously when they done the 50th anniversary as well and mm. I don't really like the fact they gave them the option to sort of wreck on that and like because I had to vote them in again as well. It wasn't just like yeah. adding 25 onto that. And I think, yeah, of course, like when you look at guys from like the 50s, I'm like, I can't like Paul Ariza yeah. or something like that. that obviously, yeah, uh, Dwight Howard, is a good example yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, these guys like Bill Sharman and that, like, like, obviously, these guys aren't as good as like Dwight Howard or yeah. probably like, you know, someone like Clay Thompson didn't make the list either. So, manager, yeah. Probably. But they have to be on it because they represented that part of the league for that yeah, decade. Exactly. I think people have to, and this is away from Dwight. This is not me saying why Dwight shouldn't be in it because he should be in it. But when you look at the NBA 75 list, it's the 75 greatest players and greatest and best players are two different things. And you have to have players from you know, the early start of the league who defined that era because that is that is great that adds to greatness yeah. if you're the defining player of your era and you did you know you you did what you could in the time you were in there has to be recognition for that and if if they do allow change the more and the further and further we get away from that the more and more they'll be forgotten 
Yeah, I agree. But I think it's I good mean, they include them. I think the one like couple ones contentious, obviously, but I was surprised Dane made the list. Yes. Yeah, um, and Vince Carter didn't, and I I think Dame's a better player than Vince Carter, and I think Dame's had better peaks and probably overall had a better career. Um, but I do think if we're going off the greatest, which is what you just outlined, and what I agree with really is the sort of representation of NBA history. I think Vince being that marquee player for the Raptors, playing in four different decades, and he did have his good moments as well. I'm not saying he was a complete bum or anything. I think he probably mm. should have been in there as well. But well, you know what? It, I think largely they got it right. I'll say that. There's a couple of omissions, but largely yeah. I agree with it. I mean, after Dwight, personally, I think the next biggest one is Clay Thompson should be in there. Uh, and the best... I think the thing with Clay Thompson is a good comparison is you look at Clay Thompson, you look at Ray Allen, you look at Reggie Miller. Mm. And realistically, and I know I said the best, greatest argument, Clay Thompson is the best player out of them three. Mm. Yeah. But I understand, I do understand, you know, Clay's won the most chips out of them. But, you know, Ray obviously had his, or Ray Allen had his iconic moment. And he, you know, he's got two championships himself. And he was the best player on a team when he was with the Supersonics. And then you have Reggie Miller, who, whilst he doesn't have the accolades to match up to them two, he was the face of the Pacers, really, while he was there. He probably is their franchise legend. And right. yeah, and is a defining player of an NBA, or one of the main defining players of an NBA franchise. So I can understand why they'd give him the nod. But personally, if it was me out of those three, I would pick Clay first. Yeah, no, to I go in, that. and that's not just as a player, as I said earlier, but also to go into this list. I was going to suggest maybe at least I can see why they didn't put both of these guys in, but like at least one of Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. I was yeah, quite surprised great. one of those guys didn't make it in. Tony probably Parker Tony Parker. Yeah. Final MVP, isn't he? Um, I, th- I think they probably suffer from Tim Duncan being the face of that Spurs dynasty, but yeah. I do agree with you. I would have at least one of Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili or both in this list over someone like a dame i mean it's one of those things you know you know when they did the original list and they put Shaq in even though Shaq yeah. hadn't had much experience and obviously they got it right they were prospecting what he would become and maybe that'll work out with dame anthony davis as well less so because obviously he's got but that championship already if you were going to do that wouldn't you do that with someone who maybe like was one of the mvp like someone like jokic mm. yeah cuz They've been in the. I mean, uh, been I, I don't get. I, I don't get the Jokic one yet. He's. It's not. It's I, not yeah, I I'm not saying I'd put him in. Yeah, but I understand the argument about it. Yeah, I, I was going to say. I was talking to George about this the other day. Actually, I'm listening to podcasts, and they were saying they voted like Luca and Jokic in in that same sort of vein as the Shaq because they know if you do this in like five years, they're going to be in it basically. Mm. But I don't agree with that entirely. I think you should just vote at the time. And yeah, yeah. My main thing was like, yeah, Dwight should be in it. Yeah, Vince Carter probably should be in it, and maybe one of the Spurs guys. But I think largely, like enough, they got it right. And yeah, I'm glad they didn't take anyone out of the fifty because I think that would have been a bit disrespectful. Very disrespectful, yeah. And it keeps the memory 
of what and the heritage of the NBA going so you can go back and see, you know, maybe someone that is our age or even younger or even older as well, because it really goes far back. Yeah. Say, oh, you know, maybe look up that person and say, I've never heard of him or I don't know what they did uh, and give some appreciation towards them. The uh, the only other sort of glaring omission is Kyrie Irving. Um, and there was a few things going around that supposedly he was included in this list. And then, funny enough, after everything that's happened with him recently, uh, has been taken out of the list. And there's a few things of like leaks, montages that are on the NBA's YouTube channel. Yeah. That they didn't private and stuff like that. And I think that perhaps Damien Lillard might have benefited from that. Um, I, I would have Kyrie over Dame. I'll say that. Now. I think no, I think ninety nine point nine percent of people that have watched the NBA in recent years would have Kyrie over another Dame. Not, I mean, no disrespect to Dame, but it just un- simplifies. Understand the Dame argument. Individual accolades, Dame has Kyrie beat. But when you think about, and and this is just me, my perspective. When you think about the greatest players, it's as I say, the defining players of their eras the personal accolades, but also the defining moments as well. And, you know, Dame obviously has his walk-off versus the the Thunder, but how does that match up against Kyrie's shot in the NBA Finals? Like, that is one of the biggest moments in in NBA Finals history, that shot. Mm. And so that's why I would have someone like Kyrie in over Dame. Indeed. I was, thinking, I was just going to say, I think Kyrie, like, obviously Dame's got the availability in his side. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'll take Kyrie over Dame because Dame's available. Um, and that's even before all of this hoo-ha with Kyrie anyway. Um, but Kyrie does just have more of a unique ability that I think will transcend, like, a couple years, you know, like the way he just handles the ball and the way he plays. I think people will be watching him for, for many, many years, and I think that should be taken into account as well. Indeed. Um, anyway, that's all I sort of have to say on the NBA 75. I don't want to sit on it for ages. I kind of want to talk mm-hmm. about actual basketball and games that have been played. So um, we're sort of now on the fourth and fifth games for some teams and depending on the schedules and the and the travels for some. But um, I say it still is too early to obviously make any actual opinions of, of a team season. In some of these games, they're obviously they're playing sides that are still getting up to speed and things like this but you can sort of mm-hmm. form somewhat of an opinion of what a, a new team's going to look like and I think it was yourself Louis that was I wouldn't say anti but was quite pessimistic on the Chicago Bulls chances this season um, a 4-0 start couldn't really go much better I think it's the first time they've done that in I can't remember how many years but it's been a very 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 long time since they have had a start as good as this um, would you say that you can't sort of under underestimated them? Do you think you've got it wrong, or do you still think in your gut that they're not going to have as good as a year? Um, I'll give it a couple more games. I'll, I'm leaning towards I got it wrong, obviously, but I'll give it a couple more games before I, you know, put that in the bank, basically. Yeah. But mm. I, I'm I, I'm impressed by what I've seen so far. It's looked a lot more fluid yeah. than I expected. Uh- I'll say it's only been four games, but my main takeaway from the four games is I've been pleasantly surprised with how Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan have played together. Yeah, that was the main thing for me. I mean, I I know Lonzo can sort of get everyone going more in the open court than, you know, half court, but he's a 
very good playmaker at that. And he's been playing well as, as well. But I wasn't entirely convinced by the Zach Levine-Vucevic combo towards the mm. end of last season because I think they're both kind of... They're not very... Zach Levine's not a facilitator whatsoever. We know that. Um, mm-hmm. And Vucevic is also very much a scoring centre. And also, neither of them play defence. And DeMar DeRozan doesn't play defence as well. So I was... I was a bit scared, like, how is this all going to fit together? Um, will it just be, like, an Atlanta Hawks kind of experience where you're like, oh, these guys could give up a lot of points, but they're going to blast us off the court. I was just wondering whether the offensive fit was good enough to do that, even though mm. individually I like all of those players, basically. And it's looked like it has been so far, but I'll, I'll give it a bit more time. Um, but I am impressed by with how, like, seamless has been that that's a good sign, basically. Yeah, that they can do it right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. Uh, there's no no chance in hell I'm gonna get carried away because they've played what, the Pistons twice, the Pelicans, and what was the other team that they beat? I'm trying to think, but it was at the Raptors. So it, it's not that okay. they've played yeah. stellar opposition. Yeah. They've played three teams that you'd suspect that would probably finish in the below half of their respective um, conference, but. You can only beat what's put in front of you right now. And it is, again, that sort of seamless fluidity of that there's these four sort of almost all-stars. Some of the, like, obviously, you're going to include Zach Levine in this and Vucevic. And then you've got sort of DeRozan's on the tail end of that now. And Lonzo's, I wouldn't say he's ever been... That no, far three away, of them. Three of them are all stars. Three of them are all stars. Lonzo's, Lonzo's not there yet. I like Lonzo. But he's not there yet. I don't know if DeRozan still is, but at the minute, the way that they obviously they've, they've kicked on, it's that you were sort of worried if it would work again, um, or if it would work in in general. Mm. And it has against these quote unquote lower teams at the minute. But um, it will be interesting to see when they when they come up against some more solid sides in a couple of weeks. What yeah, what they look like. Yeah. I think. I'll- I'll say as well, I know Vucevic is having a double-double, averaging a double-double in through these first four games, but he is struggling a little bit mm. compared to the others, especially offensively to get it going. But I think... But, but that's always going to happen when there's four of them in there. When there's four yeah, of them doing Yeah, things, I agree. But I'm not just talking happen? about... I'm not talking about just getting points. I'm just saying efficiency-wise, he's really down so far. No, but no, I, think, no. I think he'll sort himself out and he'll be fine. And I do think having all the weapons they have at the moment the balls is really taking the pressure off Lonzo as well and he seems to be quite relaxed and fitting quite well with the team which is nice to see. I'm just wary of these like big accumulation of talent teams ever since we mm-hmm. had the Celtics a couple of years ago and then the Clippers um, and we could do a good segue now to, to the Lakers because it's kind of the other side of the coin where I, I did kind of like struggle seeing how these well mainly Russ and LeBron really t- fit together um, mm-hmm. And don't, I'm not going to say they've been like putrid or anything so far, but it's, it's not been plain sailing. We should no, say that, that that first game was a bit of a difficult watch with Russ and LeBron mm. trying to work together. But the one thing I will say, I'm going to hold all judgment on the Lakers at the moment in terms of how they're going to play together because generally how all Russell Westbrook seasons yeah. go is he starts off a bit shaky and then he figures it out. So for now, I'm going to hold off on anything with them the only thing i'll say about the lakers is lebron missed the last game he's going to miss the next game there was slight concerns about ad he's all right but there was concerns about him last game and for me the main concern with them is not 
the fit because I think that'll figure itself out. It's the injury concerns is the main thing for me. Yeah, but that's why I had them as an under because their over-under this year was 10 more games than they won last year with a 10-game increase on the season. And I can't yeah, but see how I'm not just is... talking. I'm not just talking about over-under. I'm talking about like playoffs as well, whether everyone's going to be healthy. I I wouldn't worry about that yet. Um, yeah, these sort of things. Yeah, these sort of things are, are fine. It, I mean, it's very do... similar. It's very similar with like I'm not worried at all about Westbrook yet, but it's what it is. And we can do first week overreactions, and I I feel like the West is a teeny tiny bit open this year as to who goes through. Um, because <laughs> I, I agree, I'm, I'm agreeing with those sentiments on on the Lakers personally. Like not the fit, mm. more more the the uh, whether the personnel can stay healthy. LeBron's in his 19th year. Like, come on. It's just ridiculous. And AD is just historically unreliable. Mm. The Jazz, no. Let's just not even get into the conversation. They'll get like 60 wins or something. Well, yeah, years. that's the, and then... the funny thing about the Jazz is, you know, we talk about all the other teams. The Jazz will be right at the top of the Western Conference. Yeah, in. and then they'll just the type of team they are. Like they're 3-0 and at the moment. They've played some turd teams <laughs> so far. And I will say, George's <laughs> favourite player, Rudy Gobert, played great in this. Like, yeah. actually, has been fantastic in these first three games, even though they are pretty rubbish teams they've played. But as you say, they'll be right at the top or near the top. But come playoffs, no one's got any faith in them. So no, and obviously the Clippers are out of it this year. So I'm feeling a sneaky bit of Golden State stock rising. Quite yeah. significant. I mean, they're doing. They're obviously the, the hot team of the NBA so far. Yeah, they're first in the West, four and zero. Steph's on fire, looking like. But, but this is what uh, this is. This is what Steph did people. last year. This is what Steph did last year. Yeah, but uh, and I think I said it in the MVP or the predictions. There was two. There was, it was a tale of two halves for the Warriors and. There was yeah. a, a part where Steph caught fire. And when I say caught fire, he caught fire for months <laughs> where they were unbelievable. And now they're going to get, they will get clay back at some point during the season. I think the Warriors are a, and I, I said this before the 4 0, this isn't just reacting to the 4 0. They're going to be a real threat in the West. Yeah. And I think they, I think Otto Porter Jr. is obviously a better fit than um, Kelly Oubre was. And I think Andrew Wiggins is looking sneaky, kind of good these days. Um, I think it's just a like uh, uh, is just a system benefiting quite quite significantly because he's quite a good defender. He's always been quite mm. decent, um, but this has just made him a little bit better. And then they're ball like it's just the synergy and like the team chemistry they have. They've been together for years, which is I think something that other teams don't really have. You know, the Lakers are figuring out massive changes to their team. Uh, yeah. You've got the Suns carrying on a lot largely and, from last year, but and also I think, you know, as I was talking about, they figured out quite a few things last year, the Warriors coming into this season that will benefit them massively. Yeah. Well, they haven't got Wiseman back yet either, have they? Mm. But I, I I'll be honest. I think <laughs> that's a that I, I'm not sure he's gonna be doing that much when he comes back. I think that's one of the things they figured out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I've got a sneaking suspicion you may be right, but then you know, he's got potential. You can flip him for someone. and then... yeah, That's what I think they'll end up doing with Wiseman. Him and Kaminga, maybe. Although, I don't think she might have looked at Kaminga so far. Um, 
but yeah, I, I quite like the look of them, and I wouldn't be surprised if they were in. Like, uh, this is an overreaction. I'll stamp on it. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the NBA finals. Like uh, as is, I take conference finals. I do. I do think that. Uh, and before the season, I probably would have gone for conference finals. So I'd stick with the Lakers at the moment. Yeah, I think it'd be Lakers. Lakers Warriors conference finals. I don't know. De- I mean, good as well. With the way with the way the season might go, you know, we're talking about the Warriors doing really well and the Lakers maybe falling a little bit because of health. They might mm. meet before the conference finals even happen. Yeah, so that's true. We've had that a couple seasons in a row now, really, where the, mm. the sort of marquee matchup has just been dashed. So maybe I shouldn't be so quick to make that judgment. Um. Are you too worried about the the Clippers at all? Um, no, they don't have Kawhi. <laughs> not really. I know. I, I know what the Clippers are at this point. I think, and with Kawhi, I, I still think they're a good team, a really good team, and a dangerous to anyone. But Kawhi is probably going to be out for the whole year, so maybe he can't play off. They might be able to make some noise, but if he's coming back off that length, I, I don't think so. I don't. I think they'll make. They're obviously going to make the playing like that'd be stupid, but. I don't think they're a shoo-in for the playoffs. Um, maybe, maybe I, I don't think right. they make the playoffs. They'll, they'll make the play-in, though, wouldn't they? The play-in, yeah, because it's there's five worst teams in them. But I think that I don't think they're I don't think they make the top six. No, no, they don't. They're not making the top six. I mean, that that sort of end of playoff Western Conference is quite interesting this year. I think because. Yeah. There's quite a few vulnerable. You'd say the Clippers are vulnerable. You'd say the Blazers don't look that good. Yeah. Um, who else? Really, I mean, these are probably going to be there. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, Jar's just looking like he's taking another leap. Um, but I mean, yeah, yeah. As you say with the Clippers, I'm not. I'm not worried about the Clippers because this is exactly where I think the clip, or that's exactly what I thought before the year. <laughs> before the season started, the Clippers were going to be. I think most people thought that's what the Clippers were going to be. So. Right. But like, it it just does put a bit of a down. Like, I don't feel like that team, Paul George, Kawhi, is ever going to win a championship. I just don't. Um, yeah, I kind of feel this sneaky same way. Another little bit of a segue. Kind of trying to cover all as much teams as possible. Yeah. Because Kawhi and Paul George, I mean, there's there are differences, but they're kind of like a much more mature version of Tatum and Brown when you think about it. You know, the two wings, they don't, yeah. they're not very good playmakers, but they're excellent scorers, excellent defenders, all of that business. Um, I don't want to say that Brett, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can't play together because they've made like two Eastern Conference Finals playing together. But yeah. maybe there is a bit of a ceiling on like guys like that. You know, you, your two wing players who can't play make as your two best players. I, I, I just, uh, like the start of the season, okay, hit and miss. They lost to the Knicks on a brilliant first game of the season. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. And they've come back a bit since. Um, but I, I don't know. There's something about it that's just a bit unconvincing to me. And then maybe it's because I don't know if Tatum is ever going to be the guy I think a lot of people think he's going to be. Because I just see inconsistency in him. Jason uh, Tatum? Yeah, I do. I, I don't know. I, I really like Jason Tatum. And I like Jalen Brown as well. I think I think they could definitely play together. I just don't think that Celtics team or the roster, I should say, is that great. 
I think it's just simple as that. Yeah, I picked them on the over. I think it's better than it was last year. Yeah, yeah. And I say that when I say I don't think they're great, they're good, but not as good as what they've been previously. As you say, they went to two conference finals. Yeah. Uh, I sneakily prefer Jalen Brown to Jason Tatum. Is that mad of me uh, to say? I I think there's people that probably share that opinion. I don't, but if if you do have that slightly pessimistic view of Tatum that you just shared, then yeah, I can see a world where people would say Jalen Brown. I wouldn't. But... I mean, maybe I'm being a bit harsh because Jason Tatum's still so so young. I mean, you you can see it everywhere you go on social. He's only like nineteen, only twenty, or whatever. But I'm, I'm just think I've just waited for him for quite a while now to be like that consistent guy, and like it's just never really clicked for an entire season. It's like weeks, or it's like like a month where he's just incredible, and then it's like oh no, um, I don't know. I think you're like, a bit harsh. Oh, that I've got that first Knicks game in my mind. I can't lie because he was huge with that game. <laughs> he, he, he was. You're not wrong. And Jalen Brown, he had the hot hand, 46 points, I believe, on the night, career high. And you could see Jalen Brown had the hot hand, but Jason Tatum just kept on taking the shots. I was like, just recognize the situation you're in and like pass it to the guy who's actually doing something. I don't know. Mm. Well, speaking of the hot hand. I want to switch over to the Knicks because mm-hmm. another sort of very solid start that they've put out. Um, mm-hmm. There was a very comical set of New York fans celebrating in the street, sort of uh, yeah, Arsenal fan nice. TV esque, um, but just multiplied infinitely. Um, but again, Julius Randle's looking good, Evan Fournier's looking good. Kemba Walker's looking like a nice fit in this team now. So if he can stay healthy, that's going to look good for them. And then obviously they've got Mitchell Robinson. They've RJ Barrett again, and he's now getting into really into his groove as a, as a pro in this league. So I think they, again they're going to be a really interesting team again because yeah, it's not good. the Knicks are slowly moving away from being that bum joke team now, where they're going up that ladder. Of the okay, you can't just walk into the garden and expect a free victory anymore. Yeah, I mean, if they can get the consistency down over a few seasons, it's an improvement. I, I still, I mean, it's good that they're doing well, but it doesn't. The Knicks don't instill me with any excitement or anything because. Oh, that's harsh. It's it's. <laughs> I tell you why. It's because come playoff time, Judas Randall is still their best player. And I, I just oh, I disagree. Can, I, I disagree I, with that. I don't think they can make any noise in the playoffs. I mean, they might win. A, I'll tell you what, if they win one, if they win one, one playoff series, it's, a decent, it's, a, it's another step in the right direction. So maybe I am being a bit harsh, but I just don't if think you, they're going to be making any noise come the end of the season. So. If all players are fit and healthy, Kemba Walker's their best player. Oh. Ooh. I don't hate it. I, mean, I don't hate it, but I, it's been a while since he's been <laughs> yeah. what we've seen from him previously. So I'll hold that judgment on him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, maybe Kemba Walker's stock's fallen a bit too far that he's gone to the underrated because he hasn't been healthy for a couple of years now. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's had those lingering knee issues. And that's why ultimately the Hornets didn't give him that. that oh, yeah. Supermax. And then he had the, the poison chalice mm. of the Boston point guard. So exactly. 
I think that it, his stock has fallen a fair amount, and which is perhaps harshly, but also perhaps the fact that he hasn't been healthy for a while. But I think that that New York team, again, I think if they win a playoff series, that is a major step for the Knicks in comparison to what they were three years ago, two years. Ago. Yeah, it's it's true. But at the end of the day, like we're talking about think. we're talking about this Knicks team was like. The way that I look at the Pistons right now, it was lower than that. I mean, yeah, because it was sustained. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I'm a bit more positive than Nurse in the fact that I, I really like what they have here and sort of like the depth that they have. Um, yeah. Well, I don't dislike them. I just don't. I you don't think, think there's think a ceiling? They're... Yeah, exactly. That's the best way of saying it. I think there is definitely a ceiling on the team, but. If you look at it at the perspective of they're the biggest or most valuable, I think they're probably the most valuable franchise in the league still. Maybe it's the maybe it's the Lakers now. I'm not sure, but it was the next couple of years ago. I think and if the they if they keep this level, then they're going to attract better players. Exactly. And maybe that will then put them to the new level. So maybe I'm being a bit short sighted with it, and just looking at it this year. But what we're saying, what we're saying is, is we could expect Luka Doncic to be at the next so. I think, well, they've they've got like good trade potential, wouldn't you say as well? I mean, mm-hmm. they've got like a lot of salary fillers. They've got young play- players you might want to take a flight. I mean, I've been quite impressed with um Obi Toppin as well to start mm-hmm. the season. I think he's looked quite decent. And then you could be like, I like RJ Barrett. Uh, I I don't know how good he'll be on the on the Knicks. Really, I think he yeah. could probably be better somewhere else. I, be like, I like I'll take RJ a flight at well. RJ Barrett. Um, but, you know, with a couple salary fillers, so yeah, you know, if Dame wants out or something like that, the Knicks are one of the first teams I would think of that could actually put something together mm-hmm. for him. Yeah, it's just for me. Ultimately, I think looking at how the team's constructed now, I just don't think Julius Randle's that guy. So for the playoffs, I'll say. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, the only evidence we have of him was last year, and he was. Mm. Very underwhelming. I mean, but long term, yeah. Looking at it for future seasons, is is heading in the right direction. I mean, Zion was making a few googly eyes at at New York Knicks, but he'd have to turn down a um a maximum deal, and, and he'd have to also turn down <laughs> that sweet sweet bubble ship <laughs> in the city. <laughs> who knows? I mean, go on. I was just gonna say, who knows if New uh, Pelican like his team is even in New Orleans that much longer. Like they're struggling for all, like to get the crowds together there to get uh, and you know there's Seattle, there's Las Vegas. I don't know how much longer they're going to actually be in New Orleans. You know, mm. I see one team we haven't spoken about that have had a really good start to the year or to the season, mm-hmm. and that is the Charlotte Hornets. Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen so far, it's only been four games. Lamelo Ball is in for a really good year. He's, he's he's started 23 points, five and a half rebounds, seven assists, shooting shooting efficiency is really high. And he just, but regardless of that, you know that age-old debate about assists where some people say, I don't know, you know I'm not trying to pick a player, but say Russell Westbrook when he gets these high volumes of assists, but it's not, it's less him being a, proper playmaker and more just driving and dishing but when you watch Lamelo and and how he play makes it's it it's stands out 
And some of the plays he makes are just unreal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can appreciate your viewpoint. And I agree that Lamelo Ball will be in for a tremendous season. But I cannot, and pretty much will not, look at a team with Gordon Hayward and Kelly Oubre Jr. in it and go, that excites me for the year. I mean, yes, it's... The the one thing I will say, obviously the Hornets are a worse team than the Knicks and they're going to be worse. But when I look at a player, when I look at a player like LaMelo Ball, it's more exciting to me than, you know, I bring it back. I don't want to bash him too much because he's a very good NBA player, but Julius Randle on the Knicks. I'm, I'm more excited by LaMelo. Oh, 100%. But, I think every NBA fan would be. Yeah. But just the way they're playing at the moment, I think LaMelo's going to in for a great year. I think Gordon Hayward's a really nice secondary ball handler to have. Thank you. But he won't stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, he won't. Yeah, he won't. You're not wrong. He, he he probably won't. But then you've got two rows here to come to come into the team because he hasn't really played. Um, Even Mason Plumley started the season pretty well. Like it's, it's just it's nice to see Charlotte actually doing well. Miles Miles Bridges was play after the week this week as well. Yeah, I yeah, mean, he's he got like Yeah, but again, like, it's in four games. Like I'm, I'm, Miles Bridges is not going to average 25 points. The Hornets, no, the Hornets Mavs game at the start of this season in preseason showed everything I needed to realistically know about the Hornets. They're in a bit of a high at the moment, but it will level itself out sooner or later. Once there's a few injuries, once Gordon Hayward goes down for three months with a broken wrist or whatever he has, this is what will happen for the Hornets. I think the Hornets are in for a good year. I, I went the under on them when you said, I think you went for the over, didn't you? Um, well, I, I thought they would go under. I don't think we've done an over on the podcast, but I, it was because it was largely based on Lamelo having a, a leap this second season. And usually, mm. second seasons are a bit difficult for guards. I mean, you look at Jar last year compared to this year. Donovan Mitchell was another one, um, and Gordon Hayward's just so unreliable. But if Miles Bridges can keep up the level of play, I think I think they're in for a good year as well. And I, I don't yeah. see like I, he's obviously not going to be like scoring 30 a night every single game. But I think he can keep up a pretty consistent level of play. Maybe sort of like a, um underrated um, pick for most improved player that maybe we all looked mm-hmm. over upon. I yeah. really... Oh, go on. I, I picked Hornets for the over in the graphics where we where we picked five and then put the, yeah. put the bet with it. And I put them for the over. And I do agree it's on quite a few ifs. So if... Lamelo takes that leap if Gordon Hayward can stay healthy, if Kelly Oubre can actually perform to a decent level compared to what he's done over the past couple of years, and if Miles Bridges can be a very good player for them that he started. But I, I do think they're going to have a good year. And I did want to say, because we haven't got a ton of time left, I wanted to just look at some of the rookies and how they've been doing. Oh. I wanted to give a quick shout to Chris Duarte because he has had an <laughs> unreal start to the season. I know the Pacers aren't doing well, but he's averaging 20, just under 20 points at the moment. But he is letting it fly. like He's yeah. just shooting. He's so confident and he's great to see. And he's been the best rookie so far. Although I want to give a shout to Evan Mobley. And I think the yep, Cavs actually sure. look quite exciting as well. Like a pretty decent league pass team if you're into that sort of stuff. I think they'll probably change Sexton at some stage, but I like that overall team. I think Evan Mobley, he looks actually so 
composed already, which I really yeah. didn't expect against adults. So I'd, I'd give a quick mention to them as well. But yeah, yeah we'll, we'll run out of time. I had Evan Mobley down as well. And then I also had Scotty Barnes has had a pretty good start to the yep. year. And Jalen Green has had an inconsistent start, but he showed what he can do in that game against the Celtics. Where yeah, it's mad. mad. Indeed. Um, but yeah, I mean, quite a lot more, obviously, NBA basketball on every night now. And with NBA 360, the, the times of the games are pretty friendly now, almost towards some of the, some of the guys over here in, in Europe. So uh, on Saturday... At 10 p.m., you've got the Celtics Wizards that's on Sky Sports. And then on Sunday at 7.30, you've got the Kings at Mavs. And then you've also got, uh, I think, the Jazz and the Bucks is also going to be shown. But I'm not sure. That's on at 11 anyway. So you, there's plenty of times now over the course of the weekends to to watch some NBA basketball. And I'm sure as we sort of approach the different holiday periods around, they'll, uh, they'll be quite kind to us hopefully across the pond but we'll wrap that one up there um thank you very much for listening make sure you're following us on all of our socials at swingman pod check out our website www.swingmanpod.com uh wherever you listen to this podcast if you could leave us a review that would be fantastic and yeah subscribe and we will catch you in the next podcast where we'll be discussing everything nba from that week thank you very much for listening stay safe and peace